Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friends, this is Kat Lee and today we're chatting with Jamie Martin from simplehomeschool.net about books. We're going to talk about how we can develop a love of reading in our children, even if we have a hard time finding the time to read, or maybe even if we don't really enjoy reading traditionally ourselves and ways that we can consume books, even if sitting down and and holding a book and reading it is a struggle for us. We'll also talk about how we can pick great books for our kids. It's something that's easier to do when they're really little, but it gets harder to do as they get older. How can we make sure that we get great books into their hands and how can we research the books they want to read and that we don't have time to read as well? Jamie's going to share lots of amazing resources and also how we can use books to raise globally-minded kids. But before we dive into that, I want to say a huge thank you to our show sponsor, Plan to Eat. Plan to Eat is an online menu planning site, and it makes recipe management and menu planning and shopping list making and all that stuff super easy. They have a free trial, a 30-day free trial. You can go to plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action and give them a try. I absolutely love their service, and it makes just the whole thing of meal planning and shopping so much easier for me. So I highly recommend you going and checking them out. That's plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action. Now let's jump into our show today with Jamie Martin. Hey, Jamie, how are you today? I'm great, Kat. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm very excited to have you on the podcast today to talk about something that we love very much in our house, and that's books. And what I love about what we're going to chat about today is that I know that, you know, not all of my kids like books at the same levels. And I know that kids around the world don't all like books at the same level. So we're going to be talking, you know, not just about books for our kids who love to read, but books for, you know, kids who, who, how we can foster that love of reading. And as our kids get older, how we can pick out books for our kids when we can't just keep up with everything that they're reading. And then we're going to be talking about your new book about books. Yay! Which, (laughs) a book about books, which I have a copy of right here that is absolutely, well, I don't think dog-eared is the word. Apparently my son found a post-it note and he ripped it (laughs) Into very unsymmetrical shreds, and he has um, little tabs on not just each page, but you know there are little paragraphs for each book that you have in your book, yeah. and and there's like these little post-it notes all over the place. So, oh my gosh, I love that so much. When he emailed and told me that, I told my kid, I told the kids, I was like, listen to this because that's just sounds so wonderful. It's the best endorsement. 
Well, I have to send you a picture of it later. For those of yeah. you listening, Jamie's book, if you just can't wait, if you have to grab your phone right now and grab it on Amazon, which I recommend, um, <laughs> it's called Give Your Child the World, Raising Globally-Minded Kids One Book at a Time. So, uh, Jamie, I want to talk all about your book. I want to talk about books, but I want everybody listening to get to know you first. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about you and your family. Thank you. I'd love to. Um I am Jamie, and my husband's name is Steve. We've been married for almost 18 years now, and we live in Newtown, Connecticut, uh, in the countryside, in a 200-year-old farmhouse that we rent, and we just love it here. It's a beautiful place to raise our kids. And um, we have three kids, so my oldest, Trishna, is just turned 13, um, but she joined us at the age of four from India. Then we have our biological son, Jonathan, who is 11 and a half, almost 12, um, and he was the first to join our family, the first child, even though now he's the middle child. And then we have our son, Elijah, who we adopted from Liberia, West Africa, as an infant, and he is also 11. So for half of the year, the boys share the same age. Um, so that's us. My husband is the CEO of an organization called Love on 46, which works towards the abolition of child trafficking and exploitation around the world. And their headquarters are here in Connecticut. That's what brought us up, up to this part of the world where we're, we've been living for about 10 years now. And as well as homeschooling the kids, I blog at simplehomeschool.net. Well, you know, I was one of my questions that I was going to ask you was what inspired you to write a book about, you know, raising globally minded kids one book at a time, but just sharing your story. That sort of is the explanation, I think, right there. Your husband's the CEO of a globally minded um, organization that benefits people around the world. And then your kids are from, you know, all over. I can see where where, where the, the, the heart behind this book came from. One question I just am curious about um, at what what age was Elijah when he joined your family? Oh, well, you said he was a baby. Yes, he was okay. six six months old. So okay. jo- Jonathan was like thirteen months old. He was six months old when he came home. Okay, so Jonathan, I'm guessing, never had to go through some massive, uh, you know, emotional transition of I'm the oldest now. I have someone the same age, right? That because was he was so young. Yeah, it was definitely a concern. Um, more so when we adopted Trishna because she came home and she became our oldest child. And generally, you know, it's it's kind of a big deal adopting out of birth order. And so that was something we talked a lot about with adoption professionals. And we kind of got a lot of good counsel before pursuing that. Um, but because they were still also young, Trishna was four. Jonathan just turned three when she joined and Elijah was still two. Um, you know, I feel like it, it, hasn't been such a big deal as as how it it could be if the the ages were different because they were still so little it was just like you know this is just what we're doing guys and here you go and definitely the the tension of adding a new child to the family no matter how you do it I mean we definitely dealt with that but I don't know that it was more um than that very, very good. I, I was just curious as you're sharing that story. I have a good friend who just adopted two who ended up being now in the same grade as their um, 
youngest biological son. So he went from being the youngest to being one of three his age. And so wow. yeah, I'm just so curious about that whole whole dynamic. When, and, and, and he's in, I think he's in kindergarten. He just finished kindergarten. Um, so. Yeah, that definitely keeps it interesting. I guess. <laughs> I can imagine. So we're talking but, about, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to add that my boys, I just love their watching their relationship as mm. they get older. They act so much like uh, twins in a way, and it is just precious to see uh, their their friendship kind of evolve as as they get older. It's been really special for us. I love that. Yeah, I would imagine they would feel like that being so very, very, very close in age. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about books today, a topic that I love. And, you know, the ironic thing, I'm just going to be honest here for everybody listening. I don't read a ton of books. I actually have a hard time just sitting and reading. And so if that happens to be you and you're thinking, oh, books, I, you know, great. I want my kids to read. I want to read. Um, I just want to encourage you that it's okay to read books in different forms. So I listen to tons of books. I do audiobooks. A lot. Yeah. You know, like I'll, whenever I go for a run, if I'm in the car, I'll just turn on an audiobook. And that's how I read a lot of my books. Now, if it's a fiction book, forget it. You know, just order takeout for the family. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm gone. I, I'm just consumed and I, I'll just sit down with a paper fiction book and, and sit and read. But if it's a nonfiction book or something that's a little bit thicker, then I often have to resort to an audiobook. So I just want to just encourage those of you moms who really want to inspire a love of learning and of books in your kids. You don't have to be a complete stereotypical bookworm. Um, but you can absorb books in, in a lot of different ways. Um, I'm curious about you, Jamie. Have you always loved books? And is this something that you just easily passed on to your children? Or um, what? what's kind of your journey as far as reading and reading with your kids goes? I have always really loved books. But the thing that might be interesting for people to know, especially if they don't feel that way themselves as parents and moms, is that I think it's it's not so difficult to raise kids who love reading. And my story, which I share in Give Your Child the World, um, goes to prove that, I think, because I wasn't really raised in a home where my parents were avid book readers. So we didn't have tons of books. I didn't really see that modeled except, you know, at school. But um, the one thing that my mom did, which I'm just so grateful for, and I always will be, is that she took me to the library. So every third Monday, we uh, would go to the library after she picked me up from school. And um, and it was always every third Monday because that's how long you got the books for. Then you'd take them back and they were due. And so we'd get more. And that I just see as being the key that kind of turned it all for me. Um, so I'd like to say that just to encourage moms that it really, it doesn't have to be, you know, something huge that you're passionate about um, all the time or always have been. Or like you're saying, Kat, you can find a way to make it work for you. Some people, you know, are visual learners and they really need to see the book to digest it. And I think I fall more into that category. But other people, you know, are audio learners and that's just the way that it should work best for them. And so I think if, if moms can just experiment with that, and not just assume that something doesn't work or, oh, I just don't like books, but try mm -hmm. it lots of different ways. I bet you'll find something that kind of just seems to spark 
something in you. So yeah. go with that. Yeah, yeah. Go with that. I love that suggestion about the library because although your mother was far more responsible than I am, my joke is that the library is the most expensive free place that our family visits. <laughs> Um, because I don't visit on any, I'm like constantly logging in online and like trying to renew that. I'm like, oh no, it's too late to renew. (laughs) So I just always bring cash when we go to the library, but my, you know, it's something that we've consistently done, if anything, because it's just something to do that's free and they can go. It's like free shopping. If if your kids are interested (laughs) in something, whether it's Legos or animals or history or whatever, you can take them and they just get these free things to look at and and it can be exciting to them. And and now every time I walk in with my kids who are um, really close to your kids' ages, um, I have a 13-year-old, a just-turned-12-year-old, and then my youngest is is nine. They walk in and they all do this collective deep inhale. And they always say, Mom, is there a library candle? Because I really want a (laughs) library candle. Oh my gosh, that's a brilliant idea. Isn't it? Isn't it? I don't know how you could capture that. that. But they'll even open that little book drop outside the library and then just hold it open and sniff. <laughs> it's actually really, really funny. They'll just sniff the air coming out oh of the library. Oh, my goodness. So, but I love that you shared that idea. Just that simple tradition, you know, regardless of how much our kids like reading or struggle with reading, there's something about tradition and something about it, it being fun and, and going and being able to get things and they can look at the pictures, you know, even if they're older and don't love reading, you know, there's graphic novels, there's really interesting informational books that have lots of pictures in it and can make it fun. So I think that's a great suggestion um, just to build that tradition, even if as a mom, reading is something that you struggle to have, have time for. Mm. Yeah. And also for me growing up, I, um, was the typical kind of child of the 80s who spent a lot of time latchkey kid and all that. And so I spent a lot of time watching television. So for me, one of the big keys that helped me fall in love with reading was watching Reading Rainbow on on PBS. And, um, and I say that now because, you know, we can look at the current technologies to also help us foster our kids' mm-hmm. love for reading. So these days, Reading Rainbow has a great app that's online. Um, it's also, you know, it's available for your iPad and then it's also in a web version. So we can look for the current technology, which kids are naturally interested in, and we can use that to our advantage as we try to raise readers and lifelong learners too. Oh, I didn't know about that app. What is it? What is the gist of the app? It's called Skybrary and it's basically like an online library. So no, no due dates. Um, which is good, but it's, it's more targeted, definitely picture books. So it's for like maybe ages like four to nine ish, I would say. Um, though they still have these amazing video field trips that LeVar Burton does, um, just like he did in the show when we were growing up. Um, and those my kids still love at the age they are now. Um, but yeah, you can literally load up books and like a book, a virtual book bag and kids can read them. They can either read them to themselves or the app will read it aloud to them. Um, and it just, it's a great way to use modern technology to kind of go for the same goal. Oh, that's fantastic. The Reading yeah. Rainbow app. I love that. So it's going to the library without having to load exactly. up the car and hand yep. over a, 
uh, a load of cash when you're late. <laughs> yeah. And they also have a, a free trial. I think it's like two weeks or something where you can check it out to get a, get a good feel for how it would work for you. Very cool. Yeah. So your kids, do they enjoy reading? Is it something they've always enjoyed? What What's your journey been with your children and reading? Well, um, my kids don't really have a choice about whether they <laughs> like reading or not. <laughs> um, it's like saying, do they like food? You right. Know, they like food, but maybe they have certain foods that are favorites and others that aren't, right? Mm -hmm. So I think because it's just come so naturally to me. And I'm a big believer in taking our passions as moms and sharing that with our kids because I think that's the most inspiring example of all. So because I've had these really influential moments um, where books have changed and impacted my life, um, then it was very natural for me to turn to that um, in trying to create a culture of books in our family. And so that's just something that I've been working on and investing in for years. And, you know, it's also about learning who your unique kids are. And so I have, you know, a child who really prefers like nonfiction titles. And so after you, through trial and error, you kind of pick up on that, that certain, certain things are not getting pulled off the library shelf that from the books he brought home. And so you start to dig a little into why, you know, um, and it helps you start to tailor those choices to your, your kids. Then other kids, you know, love fantasy. They might love history. Um, I have one child who kind of just loves everything. I have one child that prefers audiobooks. So I just look for what what works for them. And then also we we do make read alouds a really big um priority in our family and definitely in our homeschool. So that's the one thing that will happen pretty much every day. Um no matter what else, you know, gets pushed off the priority list, um, we'll make time for reading, even if it's just a short time. And so for those moms that have kids closer to your kids' ages, and they've not done read-alouds before, mm -hmm. um, at your kids' ages, they still enjoy hearing you read to them? Or do they take turns reading? How does that look in, in a house with tweens and, te and one teen? That's a good question. I, I still do the reading most of the time. And we've, for years, we've just timed it around um, meal times because that's what works best. And because tweens and teens are very interested in food, then <laughs> it gets them to the table. And so I, uh, for years, I've read, like, while they're eating breakfast, I will read our current chapter book. Or we'll also have, you know, we might read a poem to start. Um, we'll read the Bible at some point during the day. And then um, sometimes that alongside our dinner times as a whole family, we'll also have a book going. And right now we're doing that on, on audio for the first time. Um, we're listening to Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Um, so that's kind of our family read aloud, but we're listening to it um, through the great. It's just a wonderfully narrated version. So that's um, the first time that we've experimented with listening to an audio as the whole family. And um, and that's worked out pretty well for us. Um, so one question that I have for you again, for I wonder if those listening as well who have older kids struggle with this. Whenever we do a read aloud, typically my husband does it. I, I have... 
um, I don't know what I would call it, um, reading narcole- reading aloud narcolepsy. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I read aloud, it just makes me sleepy. I don't know why. Reading, funny. I think because I, I always try to do it maybe at three, which is probably the problem. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, um, have a, I have a whole section in its chapter three of Give Your Child the World where I talk about ways 10 ways to build a story solid foundation for your family. And one of the things that I say in there is don't feel tied to bedtime reading because Mm. I think that's what we all, you know, kind of grew up with. um, Or as parents, you know, we think we need to read aloud before bed to our kids. And that has just never worked for me, similar to the reasons you're stating (laughs) about just being tired. And at the end of the day, I'm just done. So we have tried that off and on, you know, especially when the kids were little. And that just never, ever worked for me. And so it is. It's all about trial and error Mm -hmm. um, just to figure out what suits you the best. For me, I can't, I couldn't do mid-afternoon reading either. So for me, it's definitely mornings and then say maybe like around noon lunchtime. Um, and that's that's really the only time I can manage it mm-hmm. um, and f- and have the energy for it. Um, I'll also throw out there that we love audiobooks. We go on long road trips during the summer and just uh, two of our favorites are the um, Little House on the Prairie series yes. um, read by Cherry Jones. I know. Have she- you listened to those? Yes, she has done such a beautiful job. We've done Little House. We've done a lot with Little House and even uh, a Little House road trip. And I think you also went yes. to that, didn't you? Yes, I remember seeing that on one of your posts. Uh, yeah, two years ago, we did a whole Little House road trip where we went to Little House in the Big Woods in Wisconsin. And then we went from there to Walnut Grove in Minnesota and then from there to Dismet. Um, so that was uh, after our second time of reading the books through completely. Um, and yeah, definitely a big, a big memorable trip. But I have heard so many people uh, rave about the audio version mm-hmm. of those. Yeah. When we, we listened to the first one and when for our next, I guess it was our next vacation, we ordered like the next ones that we hadn't listened to. And the person in my family most excited about them arriving was my husband. Oh, <laughs> They're just that good. Like we would, we would sometimes listen when we were in town and then we would just drive around extra just to keep listening because it was, <laughs> it was so good. So I highly recommend those. And then also I really like the Chronicles of Narnia um, audiobooks. Okay. Um, there's, there's ones I'm blanking on his name. Um, uh, Kevin Branagh reads, I think the magician's nephew. And I just thought it was fantastic. Uh, so highly recommend those as well. Um, my, son, uh, my son, Elijah, who loves audiobooks, he's listened to, um, they, the BBC radio, they did like a dramatization oh. of the Narnia, of all the Narnia books, like each one individually, but they did it as a dramatization. So there's multiple actors and so many different voices. And obviously it's adapted, not just the work, but it's so well done. So that's another one very highly recommended. I will have to check that out for our next family road trip. That sounds fantastic. Yes, you'd probably love it if you loved the others. Um, okay, so your kids are getting older, and even for moms of, of little kids, you know, who just keep finding new books, how do you manage what books your kids read? You know, because you don't want them just to pick any random book off the library shelf, because who knows what they're getting. And and I found, again, as, as my kids get older, it is so much harder to figure out what to 
what to read, what what not to read. How do I figure out what's even in this book? Um, so how, what's your process for, for helping your kids choose great books? That's a great question. And I think that is something that currently we're still, I'm figuring that out as we kind of go through this um, older tween and early teen transition. Because um, it's true that I really, especially now that you've passed, we've passed the picture book stage for the most part. Um, you know, picture books, it's it's fairly easy to give those a quick glimpse through when you're at the library, right? To make sure that you're not coming home with anything that's just way off. And there aren't that many picture books, you know, that are really maybe um, horribly inappropriate anyway. (laughs) Right. So it's just, you know, it's not, it's not, um, it's not hard to keep that process going when you have little kids. But definitely this is just a whole nother process and learning um, stage to go through um, and trying to screen because it's just impossible to keep up with what your kids are reading at this stage. Um, Personally, I just always look for a trusted voice um, from usually from the internet or from another book. Um, So I'm just about to order one of the books I've loved and used for years is Honey for a Child's Heart by Gladys Hunt which is a reading treasury like my book, Give Your Child the World is. Um, But hers is just about how to begin using books and family life. And then she gives her suggestions of some of the best ones. Um, Well, she also has a sequel to that called Honey for a Teen's Heart. Yeah. And so I have been eyeing this book for years. I mean, probably 10 years because I knew it existed. And I'm such a fan of the first one. And just the other day at the library, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, it's time for me to order Honey for a Teen's Heart finally. (laughs) I never thought (laughs) I never thought I'd make it to that stage. But yeah, so that's my plan. It's to definitely... um, definitely look into that one. I also use um, Read for the Heart, which is another reading treasure treasury by Sarah Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has some good picks also for older ages and more like the classic. I feel like that one goes more toward classic literature, um, but still titles that I have had not heard of before picking it up. Um, and another great resource uh, parents can use is commonsensemedia.org. They have um, movies uh, and TV shows rated and in really detailed ratings. And so I hardly ever watch anything with my kids without looking it up on there first because it's just a really invaluable resource. But they also do current books. So just yesterday I was on there because I came across a book that, you know, was recommended for like young adults and that can really, you know, cover a lot of things Um and so I looked it up and they had it and right away it let me know that it was a fine choice, you know, that there wasn't anything that I disapproved of in it. So I definitely um, lean a lot on on other voices that are that are out there and have done something like I've tried to do and give your child the world and the list and give your child the world go up to age 12. I love it. I think those are great recommendations. And for any mom listening that really wants to give great books to their kids, I just recommend just going to Amazon, getting Jamie's book, getting Honey for whatever your age your kid is heart, Mm. and getting Sarah Clarkson's 
book as well. And and then, you know, just picking your summer reading lists from there. And then I think that doing that can kind of prevent any sort of, you know, challenge at the library when your kids pick random things off and you're like, oh, I don't know. Yes. But then they don't, right. you know, they want to read something on the way home. But this way you can go to the library knowing yeah. there'll be something great waiting for you if you go ahead and reserve it. So, Jamie, I would love to hear, you know, I have a, a gist of what inspired you to write this book, but specifically, I'd love to know just kind of where this book came from. And um, I mean, there's like 600 books in here. So you have read a lot of books and there are, um, you know, little summaries, uh, little descriptions of the book by you about each one of those books. So tell us a little bit about this whole process and just your vision for it. I would love to. Thank you. Um, I, this book really was an outgrowth of our own family story because I had, God brought us these children from all over the world. My husband is from somewhere else as well, um, from England. And so we had this multicultural family. It wasn't, you know, what I always kind of imagined I would have. Um, it was just what what ended up being the adventure that God brought to us. So after the initial survival mode of just getting used to having three kids so close in age, um, I just began to be burdened with, wow, these cultures are going to be part of our family forever. We have to find a way to bring them into our lives um, somehow. And that was what initially set me on the search for how are we going to do that? Because the kids were little. We didn't have money for global excursions around the world. And um, and they were too young to do a lot of that, even if we had had the money. So it was kind of natural for me to turn to books um, as a way to try to begin that, that process and add that diversity to our home. Um, and because Honey for a Child's Heart had been so helpful, it just, those two ideas kind of clicked together for me of, wow, if there was only like a global Honey for a Child's Heart, I would just adore that. Um, so that was kind of the initial ping of an idea that came to me. And then it was many, many years before it really took shape and began to become um, something because Give Your Child the World is a resource families can use to literally read their way around the world. Um, But you also have to ask, okay, but why do we want to do that? And for me, the why is that, um, you know, I believe God has made each each child to be a world changer for Him in some way. And the first step in in learning to change the world is learning to love the world that he's made and also learning to love the people that he's filled it with. Um, There's so much fear in our world right now and fear of the world. And I think we have to be kind of proactive if we want to invest our kids um, with this love for the world. Um, And using the power of story is such a beautiful way to do it because stories really do inspire and change our lives. Uh, A friend sent me this quote yesterday from Napoleon, and I just got goosebumps when I read it because it goes so well with what I've I've tried to do here. Um, 
it says, show me a family of readers and I will show you the people who move the world. Hmm. And I just adore that because, you know, it's not just about raising book lovers. It's about raising book lovers so that they're inspired and empowered to say, you know what, I I'm here for a reason. God, God's given me some kind of mission, something to offer the world that no one else can. And, and then love is the fuel that kind of gives them the spark to, to go out and do that and to believe that they can do it too. Mm-hmm. So that's really the, the impetus and the vision behind Give Your Child the World. Well, I love it. And, and I think another thing that I love about just the idea of reading around the world is helping our kids recognize from a very early age that not everyone has the same life experiences as they do, that mm. people have all kinds of different perspectives and all of those perspectives are okay because they've experienced the world in a different way. And it's so easy even for me as an adult yes. to be like, why are they thinking like that? Why are they right. doing that? Right. And the more we can expose our kids to you know, the different experiences that people have around the world, the more they can think from different perspectives and not just their own. And so I think that's so powerful, especially in our day and age when the world is so, quote unquote, small. Mm. Um, I think it's such a powerful thing. Um, And so the book is divided up by continent. Right. And Mm -hmm. you can just read through it. It has all kinds of amazing books, um, recommendations by age, and all kinds of great stuff. And it's such an excellent resource. Um, We are going to be working on our summer reading lists this week. And so I'm just going to set my kids down with all of these books and with your book. And obviously, my son has already made his selections. (laughs) Um, But I'm just so thankful to you for coming up with this resource, because what I really like about it is it's not just um, books to help kids, uh, you know, understand the world and to travel around the world through book, but it's also um, written by someone with a godly perspective. And um, to me, that is so, so valuable. So I'm, I'm, I know this took years and years of probably a lot more reading even than writing. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yes, five, five years. Wow, and a, an extraordinary amount of decision making, I would imagine, as well, trying to decide what goes in and what doesn't go in. Yes, that was just excruciating I, at times. <laughs> I can only imagine as a you know as a book lover, and then trying to decide, okay, this one's going to make it, and this one. Oh my what? gosh, so difficult, so difficult. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, thank you so much for that. So where can people find you online? Where can get the, can they get this book? And then I want to talk about something special that's happening this summer. Okay. Um, you can find me at simplehomeschool.net, which is the blog where I write about intentional education and mindful parenting and a lot about books. And um, I have many readers, too, who are not homeschoolers, so you don't have to be a homeschooler to get something out of it. We really just talk a lot about raising lifelong learners and how to make that happen in our day and age. Um, and then the book is definitely available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, for anyone overseas, it's available via Book Depository, which is a great um, place to get it because they offer free worldwide shipping. Um, and it was one of my international readers told me about them. So that's a great place if you're not in the U.S. Um, and Barnes & Noble can get it for you in, in stores as well. So, yeah, that's 
that's where you can find it. So there are probably a lot of moms who are like, oh, I'm so excited. I want to get this. I want to start, you know, getting books for my kids to read, but maybe we're going to need some extra motivation. Maybe I'm going to need some extra motivation to keep this going. You have a special thing happening um, starting June 27th um, called the Summer Book Club. Will you tell us a little bit about that or the Read the World Summer Book Club? That's right. Yes, I'm so excited about this. Um, So using Give Your Child the World as kind of a blueprint, we're going to be reading our way around the world and every family is invited. Um, I'm partnering with Sarah McKenzie of the Read Aloud Revival to do it together. And so it's going to be an eight-week book club throughout the whole summer. Each week we'll be focusing on a different area of the world. And the goal is just to read one book each week from a different part of the world, um, which is a simple a simple goal. People can adapt it to make it, you know, more than that if they want to. But we wanted to make it easy for people to join in no matter when they found out about it. And we also have um, sponsors who have donated over $1,000 worth of prizes. So for every child who reads at least eight books, one from each part of the world, um, during the summer, at the end of the summer, they can enter to win one of the prizes, which is just really, really fun. We're also going to have downloads of maps um, that have been designed, um, maps and like a reading log and a cool certificate that people can print out at the end of the summer, and also reward coupons that you can kind of give to your family as you go along to keep them motivated. So it's going to be so, so fun. And I just, I can't wait to get started. I love it. You know, I know so often as a mom, there are things that I really want to do, but sometimes I just need somebody else to lead it. (laughs) I need somebody else to give me that direction to keep me motivated and and have amazing ideas. Like I love the idea of printable maps and certificates and coupons and prizes and and all (laughs) that sort of stuff in the community of it as well. So where do people go to sign up for it, to learn more about it? Um, You can just come to simplehomeschool.net. And if you look in the sidebar, you'll see a big button that that has the logo, Read the World Summer Book Club. So if you just click on that, it will get you all the details. And there's no need to sign up. It's really just a question of getting Give Your Child the World if you want to have that resource to help you choose books all summer long and then getting access via the library or wherever to the books that you want to read each week. Excellent. Jamie, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and for sharing just your your love of books and for writing this book so that we can share that with our kids as well. Thank you so much, Kat. It's been so fun to get to talk about it with you. All right. Well, you have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. 
You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with his grace, his grace and sweet new mercies. May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in his way by. 